All right, welcome back to the third episode now of Texas Running Radio. Your host, Travis Miller, here next to me in the studio is Brian Diebel. Brian, how's it going? It's going pretty well, Travis. Going well. It's been exciting. This was our first coverage weekend in Texas. Cross-country season is here. It is very exciting. It was awesome finally getting out there again, covering the cross-country course. Uh, You know, we were out there at that Dripping Springs Invitational. Uh, Saw some fast times out of sophomore Matthew Kearney. Yeah, Matt Kearney there. We have a lot of exciting stuff lined up for you on this week. Craig Lutz is going to be on later. He's going to talk about the transition to Hoka, Flagstaff, and some inside tips on how to race Marcus One invite. And we'll talk with him on whether or not he thinks his record will go down in 2015. But first, we have some meets to talk about. Dripping Springs, obviously. We had some photos and videos there. Luke's locker happened this weekend. The Hebron invite went down with some big results. A lot of stuff to talk about. An exciting first weekend. But first, because we were at that Dripping Springs, you already mentioned Matt Kearney, only a sophomore. And he ran a low 16 minutes, too, which is impressive because it's not a hilly course, but it's not a fast course either. Definitely. The course conditions were, I mean, there was that hill they hit twice, and the conditions were a little rocky. Um, you know, it was surprising they did run the 16-10 that he did. Um, it was, it was a, a tough and challenging course for that kind of a time. Yeah, and he looked very comfortable, too. He never panicked. He started opening up a lead right after around the two-mile mark on Trevor Hines from Dripping Springs, the senior who was trailing him through much of the race. But once Kearney opened his lead, he really just slowly expanded out from there. He never really seemed to slow down, which I think was the most impressive thing. He never bonked. He never hit the wall. He just kept plugging away. And obviously, as we know, he cruised that way to win 16-10. Then the girls' side, the Dripping Springs ladies, just really ran away with that. Hannah Moore taking the title, but the team looked really good, too. Yeah, definitely looked really good there. Other than the Dripping Springs, another meet we got some photos and videos from is Luke's Locker 6-Mile Relay, which is always the great kickoff to that Dallas area season, always bringing in some good teams, Southlake, along with quality programs like Jenks coming down from Oklahoma. But that meet, Southlake Carroll coming in, as we talked about last week, 1-2 and two in the coaches' poll, and sure enough, 1-1, one and one, they doubled up and won that race. They just crushed it there, that Southlake team. I mean... Those guys, it, it came down to a minute almost that they crushed the other team by uh, Jesuit. Yeah, and that you know those guys, especially the Southlake program, we know we had they have some short speed guys there. Reed Brown, of course, taking second place at the state meet. So coming down doing a shorter event relay is not going to hurt a program like that when they have that kind of speed to go along with their 5K distance, and that is a good showing of the kind of shape they're in already they've been putting in a lot of miles this season they're really fired up to race and you could tell the way they came out and just owned the luke's locker relay but always a real fun event looks like it was a great time the highlight video we'd like to thank the green hill coach a lot helping us out with doing some previews highlights all those kind of things Stuart cantor from the ttfca taking photos you can see all that on texas mile split along with the rankings which are now open which we're super pumped about now. We've been talking about preseason and returning rankings. Seems like for a month and a half now, we finally have 2015 results in everything. We're going to get you the most complete rankings and results in the state that you can find. And it's just exciting to see the times coming out again. And we saw some surprising times come out of the Hebron Hawk Invitational, which is another big kickoff to the season this weekend up in Dallas, where the Hebron ladies came through and won. But I think what's really impressive was the team that was in second. Yeah, that was really close there with those Prosper ladies um, coming in right there, right on their tails, only by a point they lost. So, I mean, Hebron was just nipping by there at the end, winning by a score of 59-60. to 60. That was very, uh, very impressive, definitely a close race. 
Of course, the Hebron Hawks, the defending state champion, so Prosper, 5A school coming in and racing really well against that squad. Not a full 5K. We may have seen that expand a little bit if they were racing the full distance, but still, regardless, that is a really fantastic race between those two squads, and if they can keep that up, we can show that they're in some good form. And as we know, Ashton Ensley took the win there. She's one of the top 5K returners in the entire country, not just in Texas, but in the entire country, as she ran 11 flat over the 3,200-meter course, which is a great time for cross. And right behind her and the Hebron girls, 1-2, Anna Elkin, Abby Riordan. Abby just a, a rising sophomore, so she's got a couple good years ahead of her running impressively well. But that meet, Ensley, of course, we know how fast she is, but she appears to be in good form. Let's talk about someone else who's in really good form at this point in the season, Carter Blunt. Brian, 15-12 in his opening race of the season. When I saw that time, I'd go and I was like, all right, maybe this 16, maybe he just jogged a 16-12. Maybe this is this can't be. This is the first meet of the season. He did not run 15-12. I had to go check the results and make sure they're official. But man, 15-12, what went through your mind when you saw that? Dude, Travis, that was just mind-blowing for me as you know, as a senior opening race, obviously you're probably still at a hard base mileage from the summer. You're probably just getting off that, so his legs are probably still sore, and he can still run that 15-12. I mean, it's just unbelievable that he can do that that this early in the season. Like, I can't wait to watch him race throughout the season, especially, uh, you know, coming up this weekend. But just throughout the season, just what he's, what he's going to be able to do is, is just going to be impressive. Yeah, it's so impressive running that time right now because you know he's a guy coming off of the NXN Foot Locker double, so that is certainly his target this season. So you know he's approaching his whole summer training with that goal in mind, and he's not coming in doing any of that speed work or trying to peak for any of these races. And, you know, when he talked about that race, he said he was just trying to go out easy, you know, that day and just kind of see how he's feeling at the Frisco ISD meet, and he just looked at his watch and realized how fast he was going. <laughs> and, of course, we all know now he came through in 15-12. To be able to run that in the first race of the season is, well, it's really exciting for us. It's really exciting for Texas because that means we have some exciting things in store for this guy Carter Blunt can't wait to see him in action on the cross-country course this weekend but as we speak about cross-country courses and stuff coming up we have the Marcus One Invitational on deck we're going to talk to Craig Lutz in just a minute here but first let's talk about that Marcus One invite 14.53 is the record held by Craig Lutz we're going to ask him but first Brian do you think Carter can get that record in 2015? You know, it'll be interesting to see if he runs as fast as he did this weekend on this fast, flat course, um, Marcus won. I think anything's possible, Travis. I really think that, you know, he's got a good shot at it. And, you know, with his, his one time there, he has ran it before, and it's he's been close. He's in that top ten, I think, on the list. Yeah, I believe 15-18 his, is his PR for that course. There's only one other athlete, Colby Lowe, under 15 minutes, who was a previous course record holder, holder but now it is Craig Lutz. Carter Blunt certainly carrying the torch for Texas distance running at the moment. David Strom, though, also ran at the Hebron Hawk invite, 939 to 3200. You know, that definitely running solo, nobody really there to push him. And if we can get those two guys in a race this season, we'll see if they can carry through. Strom has done much better in cross than he's done in track comparatively, so I can't wait to see Carter and Strom go head-to-head in some of these races. Strom right now has the fastest time in the country in the 3200 for the cross season, which is pretty impressive. And, of course, we all know Carter Blunt has the leading 5K time by almost 30 seconds. As we were looking at those results, we saw 15.45 from another meet. Like, all right, so there's like one one athlete's running under 16 in the first race of the season. That's pretty good. Then all of a sudden we refresh the page, and I see 15.12 pop up there. I'm like, oh, who the heck ran 15.12 in their first race of the season? Oh, it's Carter. Carter Blunt representing Texas all the way, you know? 
Absolutely. And talking about someone else representing Texas, not just in high school, not just at UT, but now at the pro level, Craig Lutz is joining us here on Texas Running Radio to talk about everything he's been through moving forward and, of course, the Marcus One invite. Hello? Hey, Craig. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on Texas Running Radio. Yeah, definitely. So you're here with myself and Brian's here as well. We appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. Before we, you know, get into Marcus One a little bit, I guess still exciting news for you is you're actually heading out to Flagstaff this weekend. What's it been like since everything signed with Hoka and all like the chaos afterwards? What's it been like moving on to the next stage? Uh, well, I mean, it's been long. I've I was in Austin for a while, and now I'm in a kind of a week long period of being up here in Dallas. I'm actually buying a new car and um i guess getting all of my stuff together and then moving out there so this week has certainly been a little stressful um but uh but i'm right before we leave saturday we'll be out at the marcus one course for the 6a races nice and what's the training been like have it felt any different since signing with hoka uh more mileage i i've moved up and uh, intensity hasn't hasn't really gone up much. Um, I guess when you're just training for longer road races, you I haven't I haven't really had to do too many things that are that are too demanding. But I mean, definitely the mileage and and I've I, I was able to run with Texas guys for part of the summer, but a lot of my stuff has been pretty solo. So I guess uh, that would be kind of the biggest thing that I'm excited for getting out to flag is uh, having guys to run with. Yeah, that's such. I mean, big, especially you coming off of the couple of years training with UT. What are you looking forward to most about the crew you're going to be training with out there in Flagstaff? Well, um, I, I'm definitely excited about the kind of the youth we're bringing in this year with Scott Fobble, Ryan Donor, and I. I think that's going to be right there as a, a pretty good training group. And then with some of the guys that have been around Flagstaff for a, for a few more years, uh, like Matt Yano and. Um, and even Eric Fernandez, um, I think uh, I think those two guys will definitely be able to help us a lot in kind of understanding the training and, and how to work the the altitude into our everyday lives. And then um, I mean, definitely working with Ben Rosario is going to be obviously really exciting, and I can't wait to learn from him and, and see what he has to offer to uh, to our training. Yeah, you know, you already mentioned Marcus One because that's the big thing coming up this weekend on Saturday. Running for Marcus, what was the atmosphere like, and what? How was it for you opening your season at this meet every year? It, I guess, when you come in freshman year, uh, I, I actually you have to run if you're if you're good enough to run varsity your freshman year, you have to run JV. So um, Marcus one was always a race where you like open up in JV, and then, um, but then every year after that, you you use it as a benchmark to see how your summer training went. So you you want to, um, you know, no matter what the conditions are or anything, you want to come out on that day and, and run faster than you did the year before so that you know, like, oh, I trained well, I'm in, I'm in better shape than I was this time last year. Um, and then in a, in a classic Marcus uh, team thing, I, I don't know as much on the girls' side as I think they're going to be um, looking to kind of show their, their strength to the, to the state and the country this weekend. But definitely on the guy side, we would always kind of start off maybe around seventh, eighth, even maybe higher at this meet, and then start to move our way down during the uh, during the rest of the season. And so, 
um, that was always kind of a frustrating thing is, is T would, T would always tell us like, you guys aren't ready to run fast yet. Don't worry about it. You know, you're, you're going to, you're probably going to lose the team battle today, but don't worry about it. We will get there. We'll work on these things. And so Marcus one was always kind of that, that rust buster kind of frustrating. You want to do better, but you have to, you just have to know patience is going to get you there by the end of the season. And the course itself is great. You know, it's flat, it's fast, but talk about finishing on the infamous levee. Oh, the, the levee. You always, I mean, my, even my senior year, after running it for four straight years, you get on the levee and you think you're almost done. And you, uh, you know, you watch kids start to burn uh, their legs on the on the beginning of it, and then they realize that they still have another quarter mile to go and they've already hit lactic and and it's you know it's it's great to watch every time and and team team battles are won on the levee um and so that's awesome and and you can always you can always kind of gauge like uh you know whoever's winning the race you can kind of gauge um are they going to you know how fast are they going to run or are they going to get caught you know who who kicks too early who kicks too late um and it's uh it's pretty exciting we were we were out there last week uh, my dad is uh still sets up the course to the team and we um it, it hasn't rained in dallas it's kind of like it hasn't rained in austin since those floods had come through and so it's everything's actually a little dry right now i mean it's it's truly a racetrack out there um the grounds the grounds a little harder the grass is kind of dead and uh while it might be dusty i think i think we're going to see some kids rolling some pretty good times since the uh, the grass won't be too thick yeah, no doubt about that. And speaking of someone rolling to a pretty good time, there's this guy who's going to be there by the name of Carter Blunt. What do you think? Is your record going to go down in 2015? So I I don't know. I th- I think he ran the Frisco meet last year. Uh, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. And he, but uh, w- I mean, whatever he ran last year, he ran faster the first week this year than he did last year. And so I'm a little, you know, I'm a little worried. Um, but it'll be exciting. I'm going to be out there and be able to see if he if he gets it or not. And uh, Colby Lowe had it before I before I was able to get it. And it was actually um, I mean back back when I was even my senior year, uh, Texas running Texas mile split weren't as weren't as strong, weren't as social media based. And so I I don't even I don't even think I knew what the record for the course was when I stepped on it that day because it just wasn't broadcasted. We we didn't. It was probably in writing somewhere, but that wasn't like thrown around for us to see. And so now, I mean, now Carter Blunt's got it in his uh, in his sights, and, and he's definitely talented enough. And um, I, I would say the only issue is, you know, does anybody step up and challenge him and, and try to maybe get those first couple of miles of the race you know, going a little faster out on the backside of the Marcus One course? You're kind of out there by yourself, not a lot of crowd. You can kind of lose yourself out there. And so if you don't, you know, you don't stay focused. And uh, and make it to the to the beginning of the levy without without losing a a beat. Then yeah, you know, I, I think Carter is definitely going to be in a good position to be able to do it. And he's probably going to have a plenty of people along that levy telling him, "Hey, you've got this. You know, you got this far to go, and you're you're at this time." So um, I, I think uh, I think Carter's going to be in a pretty good position. What were your thoughts when you saw that he opened up his season with a fifteen twelve last weekend? I, I'm excited. It's been. Um, you know, Carter was good last year, but, but he was still a junior, still had a lot of development to go, and, it, and we had a few other guys. But it's been it's been some time since a Texas guy truly has put themselves up in the national ranks and made a lot of noise. And I and I'm excited to see if Carter throughout the throughout the rest of the season can really get up there and 
and not just run some fast times but make it exciting race well and and really dig into these courses and uh and make a run for a a national title of whichever direction he chooses to go whether that be footlocker and xn or both and and really put texas on his back and and just kind of show to the state but i mean we've still got some other guys too you david strom i I don't know if uh, if he's going to be out there, but um, and then the uh, you know you get the South Lake guys and and uh, and I'm sure some other characters around the state that are uh, that would be you know licking their chops to be taking that spotlight also. And so I really hope Marcus One kind of catapults uh, Blunt into a position to to get his season rolling. Um, and then and then you know as as social media has proven as soon as he runs it it's going to be out there on the uh out there on on old sites and so um kids will be able to see like oh you know carter blunt ran this fast i need to i need to turn around and and run just as fast so hopefully this kind of gets texas moving Coming with your experience, obviously through NXN and all those races, the Texas cross season starts a lot earlier than many of those other powerhouse states that don't really start racing until early to even mid late December. How did you approach the season, knowing that you wanted to compete well, a big meets like Marcus won, but you still were going to have to race hard months later at NXN or Footlocker? Yeah. Uh, so my junior year, we found out kind of the hard way. Um, I, I still, if you, if you like tore apart my junior year, which, um, back then a lot of people did on let's run, um, you, I ran 14 straight weekends with actually 15 straight weekends. Cause I threw in a road race in there too, of, uh, of races. And, and they were all, they were all all out, all out efforts. I didn't, I didn't cut back. I didn't try to, um, you know, just run a race for a workout or anything. It was it was just me stepping on the line and, and racing as hard as I could. And, and halfway through the season is what district is. And so you go seven regular season meets and then you start a district and you go district, region, state, uh, NXN South, Footlocker South, NXN Nationals, Footlocker Nationals. And I, and I was able to get an NXN title that year, but by the time I got to Footlocker, um, it took one move from Lucas uh, in the second loop of that, of that Footlocker course and I was just shot and I was done and I, and I fell apart. And, um, I mean, it definitely, it definitely like hits you pretty hard. And so, um, it is, uh, it, it is definitely something that's noticeable because the same thing happens in track. If you want to continue into the kind of the postseason summer meets for a Texas kid, you're starting way back before like spring break. And, or I guess it ended in February since we don't really have an indoor season. And so you have these kids that are running February, running as hard as they can and going all the way into june or if they're doing any kind of junior meet they're going late so um yeah i mean you uh, by by the time we got around to my senior year we started to realize like oh, we're probably racing too much and so we cut my season in half and i i only raced a few of the regular season meets and then i didn't even race footlocker my senior year so i you know took a lot of meets out and i, I definitely felt better um certainly still couldn't pull that nxn title in so you know maybe i should have raced more and lastly, for Marcus One, with the years of experience you have running there, of course, maybe have some inside info with your dad certifying the course every time. What is your you know, biggest piece of advice to Carter or these other guys looking out there to run some fast times on how to race the Marcus One course? Uh, well, you know, it's always um, – I, I, I think it's generally pretty dry out there. I don't think there's like an irrigation system, so if it doesn't rain, then it's not – it's not getting uh the, the grass isn't getting too thick but the one thing that we saw this week when we were out there and we were watching this guy mow the uh, course 
is that when the when the grass is long and dry, it just kind of clumps up in the middle of the thing. We're going to have, it sounds like we're going to have people out there raking this dead grass off, but um, the starting alley looks like it might be a little messy. So um, it's always a you know, straight out starting line, um, usually a pretty packed one, and then kind of makes a 180 turn and comes back up towards the, uh, the side of the start. And so um, I, I think once you get out of that starting alley, you're pretty clear. And then you kind of have to get over the mental barrier that you're the rest of your first mile is a lot of looping around in the main part of the, uh, the course where all the spectators are. So while it's loud and exciting, you also, you're not really covering a lot of ground, it seems like. And you, you really just got to get through that because for, from one to two and then two to three, it's a lot of straight lines. You're not making a lot of turns. You're, you aren't losing a lot of speed, having to change direction. And I think that that's, the most important part of the course you don't really want to kill yourself in that first mile because you're going to be making up a lot of ground in the in two and three and and uh and one thing that i learned since south lake runs this every year is that they love going out hard um at marcus one sometimes it's kind of a workout uh i think they used to call it race shocking in, in the pavo system and so um guys their top guys my my younger years of high school they would go out as hard as they could and I would usually catch them by two miles. And so that was always an extra kind of like an added uh, motivational thing. Like I'd be catching somebody out there. And so I would, I would only have a mile left to kind of worry about on my own. So, you know, maybe South Lake is doing that this week. I don't know. I don't know what their plans are, but, uh, but one of the, one of the problems this year is that the, the levee is definitely the driest part of the course. And so, um, kind of right coming into the finish line area, there's, there's some, uh, there's some cracking going on in the, in the soil. And so, um, guys are definitely going to want to kind of make sure that they're you know, looking down, I guess, a little bit right there. But I think we're going to be out there wetting the course during the week, trying to uh, trying to make sure that it's um, you know not an issue. Awesome. Well, Craig, thank you so much. We appreciate you taking some time to come on Texas Running Radio with us this week. We'll see you up there this weekend. I'm really looking forward to following your progress out there in Flagstaff. Awesome. Definitely. Thanks, Craig. You're welcome. And as that wraps up, Episode 3 of Texas Running Running Radio. Thanks again to our guests for being on. Looking ahead to this weekend, we're going to be at Marcus 1 Invite. Huge crew coming out. There's going to be four of us going up to Marcus 1. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be there on Friday from 12 till 4 or 5. So stop by the Marcus 1 course, doing your course preview. We're going to be getting pre-race interviews, having some fun, taking some pictures there. It's going to be a ton. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a great time. We're getting there early just to hang out with everybody, chat before the race, check out the course, all that fun stuff. So if you're around 12 to 4, 12 to 5, we'll be there all day hanging out. Stop by, say hi, get some pre-race interviews, take some awesome pictures with us as the crew. We're really looking forward to it. And, of course, we're going to be getting post-race interviews we're going to be getting photos from every race and race videos so you can rewatch every single race from the weekend. It's going to be some crazy stuff there from Marcus One. Don't worry, we haven't forgotten about everybody else. We're working on getting people all around the state. Friday Night Lights, we got you covered there. We're going to have photos and videos from the Friday Night Lights as well out at the Woodlands. That's another stacked race. You have a lot of teams coming up to the Marcus One invite, but all those high-quality Houston squads always turn out for the Friday Night Lights. So two huge meets going down this weekend and we absolutely have you covered from both so really looking forward to all of that thanks so much for listening in and joining us on episode three of texas running radio